This is AgriJobs for Youth, a youth employment podcast. The AgriJobs for Youth is a German development cooperation initiative funded by the German Federal Ministry of Economic Cooperation and Development. The initiative is done in Western Kenya and implemented by GIZ. The podcast series promotes self-employment and agripreneurship as well as employment opportunities for the youth within the agri-food sector and along the various agricultural value chains. Listen in and learn more about the initiative on various topical areas for youth employment in the agri-food sector. The hashtag for the podcast is KilimuniBees. Karibu and welcome. Welcome. Your podcast moderators for today's episode are Silvana Herre and Irene Olwande. Agriculture is an important engine of growth and poverty reduction. However, the sector is underperforming in many countries in part because women, who are often a crucial resource in agriculture and the rural economy, face constraints that reduce their productivity. Aggregated data shows that women comprise about 43% of the agricultural labor force globally. According to the World Bank, in a Kenya 2014 report, women make between 42% and 65% of the agricultural force in addition to their traditional domestic responsibilities. The socially constructed gender roles that define the division of labor has made rural women in Kenya dependent on males, therefore making women subordinate socially, economically and politically. Women have been neglected in the sector development and their importance in agriculture production underestimated due to inadequate information on the level of women participation in the sector. Some of the barriers that hinder women participation in agriculture include lack of knowledge about the opportunities available, the perception that these types of careers don't mesh with having a family, and the feeling they don't belong. In today's podcast series, we look at the significance of women in agriculture, their inclusion, constraints, and success. With us is Susan Jerry, the director and founder of Committee Fish and Integrated Farm. Welcome. My name is Susan Jerry. I am a mother, grandmother, a partner, a friend, and a mentor to many. I run and manage an enterprise known as Committee Fish and Integrated Farm, and we also look at integrating agriculture. Interestingly enough is that I, I grew up in the city, so I'm not bred in a farm, but I did find agriculture interesting because I was challenged by trying to understand why was the drought famine that killed people in Africa, yet we have land, we have resources, what is it that we are not being able to do? Can you talk to us in terms of women in agriculture? My dear, agriculture employs even more people and you as a woman, you as a young person, can have 5, 10, 15 employees under you, so you can still be forced in agriculture. So what do I feel we need to look at? Remember that as a woman, one, a woman is a natural. You have a family, you have your chores, and all that needs to be done, and you have the farm that you need to look at. One, farmers have never farmed as a business. A lot of small-scale farmers have always farmed to eat and sell surplus. They've never looked at it as a business. So a farmer never pays themselves. As an agripreneur, you must start understanding that you have to turn your enterprise to pay you. You must derive an income for it. And then you are able to say, I am an agripreneur, and look at it as a business. 
So I believe that that is where we had a very big disconnect that we don't understand this as a business. Now, again, we fear the mathematics. Who wants to sit down and start doing all this? We think it's a long time. Why do I want to say fertilizer applied? Data keeping is not us. Then the money aspect, I just want to see. I think I bought tomato seeds, they were 25,000. I sold my tomatoes, 100,000. I clapped my hands and I say, I've done a good job. Really went to the nitty gritty, you might not have done a good job. Because they labor, they're stealing the land, there's fertilizer, there's watering. So until we can take that and understand and appreciate it, then we will be able to turn ourselves into agripreneur. Number two, our land has been tilled for many years and we have done the same old, same old. Agriculture has changed. We need to change our mindsets. There is a lot of opportunity if we just tilt our minds and be able to look at it from the commercial aspect. However small your production area is, you can actually convert it into being able to employ you and generate a Okay, thank you, Susan. Which barriers or challenge did you overcome on your way? <laughs> okay, now my story is interesting. Like I said, I am not, uh, I have never found. Number two, I come from this other side of the country where 70% of the population don't even eat fish. So don't even imagine how I went to fish farm. So anyway, I happen to have had an opportunity and been blessed to travel. And one time while I was in Asia, I saw cage farm and I'm curious by nature. So I looked at uh, what they were doing. The first time I did it, on my second visit, I looked and I said, oh, this is interesting. I happened to sit on land that neighbors are down. And as I looked at it, and I said, wow, what I saw in Asia many years ago, I should be able to replicate here. So this is where my story begins. I walked into an office. And I said, hi, I want to do fish farming and I want to do cage farming. And I, I was very excited and I seemed to know quite And the officer I found looked at me and uh, said, you need to book an appointment. And I said, that's fine, but uh, could you give me a bit of information? Could you give me a book to read on fish farming in Kenya? And the guy said, I said, you need to come uh, make an appointment. And by the way, please come with your husband, barrier number one. And I said, what do you need to come with my husband? I said, he's not going to implement it, it's me who's going to implement it. And he said, well, that's what you're supposed to do. So I said, dear sir, women have gone to space. What makes you think it's so difficult for me to understand? Anyway, I was brushed off, so I left. And I said, okay, I've got to find out more. So I walked into another one. And again, the officer, a gentleman, listened to me. And I said, well, exactly, do you want to do this? And I said, well, I'd like to start it off in committee. I said, let me give you advice, my sister. Please buy two cows sell the people of that area milk and let the fish remain in the natural waters where they are. Stop thinking how you can do this amazing thing. And I think that is what came in right. I am a person who must get where I want to get to. I am determined. So now I sat down with my family and said, guys, this is what I was told. And everybody just said, uh -huh, next. I said, next is going to be very simple. So I went into Sagana Fish. It's a government institution, part of it is run by KFB and KFS. I went and met somebody and I just listened and I listened and I decided this is the way to go. So I left there and drove all the way to Kisu and trying to understand the fish in the lake. And everybody said women are not allowed to go into fishing boats because it's a bad woman. So I did around a lot of pictures and that was the same story. But I did find a wonderful gentleman, God rest his soul. His name was Meshak Uchir. And Meshak listened to me and he said, is that what you're interested in? He said, well, we will take a ride on a boat. And if we capsize and die, it is well we will go to heaven because we have been with us. 
And that's exactly what we did. Would you believe that for three weeks I would go out on the fishing boat? Why? He had indigenous knowledge that had been passed on. During the season, this is where fish lay their eggs. During this time, this is what you find here. And he had a wonderful history. So that excited me even more. So rather than turning back to Nairobi, you opened Uganda. Why Uganda? I worked in Sudan and a number of times I would take a road trip. And you could see, you know, pause. It now made sense what they were. So I decided I was, it was not a place that I was new to. And I decided to take a ride out there and try and see if I could get some information. So indeed I did. I stopped in a village. I asked to see the chief, introduced myself, said what we were interested in. Very excited. In about two hours, there were like 50 fish farmers. Very excited that there was a Kenyan coming to teach the fish farmers. <laughs> Little did they know that I was the student and they were the teachers. Anyway, at the end of the day, this is what I tell people, that I have a master's on thinking on my feet. So as I worked with them, I was able to translate what they were doing. Rather than it being just like a robot, I was able to ask query myself, get the answers, understand, and be able to translate the same. Again, interesting. As I'm trying to do this, I finally meet my mentor and teacher in aquaculture. And when I did find him, he was excited to hold my hand. So the next person was uh, Mr. Kiyama, William Kiyama, who was doing ornamental fish. He, he walked into his farm. The guy would be springing as he's feeding his goldfish. Eh? And he was saying, wow, what have you in Tafika happened? So when we sat down to look at pond construction, I was told it was going to take three months to do a total of about six months. I couldn't believe it. So we brought in a guy who had this, uh, what you call this, this art moving equipment, and said, could you dig this? And the guy said, no, this place is narrow, we cannot be able to turn. And I said, this doesn't work. And because I worked, I went out to a village not far from where I am, and I said, I want all the youth. And any youth who wants to work, I am going to employ it. Now, this was what was exciting. The youth looked and looked at the lady and said, who you mama? Could you enjoy so they told me they were going to charge me 1,200 per person per day. My friend, this is 2007, and I'm smiling. And I said, no problem. Let's come and have a meeting and plan. So I cooked lunch. You know, the easiest way to anybody's stomach is make sure you have your food. But left them with an assignment I was, as I was cooking lunch. I said, I want you to calculate and tell me how long you think this is going to take and how much it would cost. Now, the youth calculated it was coming to 200,000, 300,000. They said, that's too much money. I don't think we are being fair. So finally we sat down, and guess what? I actually paid them 500 shillings per person per day. But the first pond, which was about 60 meters, we did it in eight days flat. I gave them meals, morning and lunchtime, I gave them soap, and at the end of it all, we sat down to just discuss our journey. Now, from there henceforth, what was the next thing? Linus. My friend, this was not a joke. My first teacher, who was with Dominion Fish Farms, I did my master's on his dining table in his house in uh, Dominion. For five solid days, I sat on that dining table until 3 a.m. being taught fish. And that's where I started my fingerlings and my journey. That is quite an interesting journey, Madam Susan. A youth or a woman listening to you who's in the rural area, they just have a small piece of land, they wish to do a skumawiki farm. What would you like to tell them in terms of maybe the challenges you have faced and how you overcame these challenges so that they can implement it in their small areas? First and foremost, I would say go for it. Never stop what you have in mind. Number two, 
Look at your area around you. What would give you a niche? Where are people sourcing, for example, school? For example, Manabu. Three, what is your water source? Four, what space of land do you have? So the first way I would start it is farm to save. Now, farm to save means individually as a farmer going to the market to buy sukumawiki and now I will not go. So that's farm to save. Whatever I would have spent going to the, to the market to buy, I want to take that and put it into my kitty. So that's number one. Number two, sequence your production. Whether I will grow 50 plants this week, two, three weeks later, plant another 50 plants, two, three months, three weeks later, I plant another 50 plants. Why do you need to do that? So that one, you're not utilizing your entire portion. You are able to plan it and be able to know that you can be in production throughout the which means you have a revenue coming in. Number two, let's go back to the old, old, old way, especially for home gardens. Can we go into mulching? When you're going into mulching, you are not, first and foremost, it's, you're not doing any tillage, you're not tilling the land. You're going to let your soil be healing. You're going to take care of your plant having enough moisture. You will not need to spend time watering your plant. Number three, in whatever you're planting, please go companion planting. Companion planting means if I have my scuba wiki, can I have Dania next to it? It is going to do two things for me. Number one, it will act as a pesticide. The strong scent of, uh, of herbs, of onions, is able to repel quite a number of insects. Number two, the same water I'm giving, the same manure I'm giving, that plant will utilize. So we need to sit down and start working towards what we call precision farming. You need to understand your product. What is it I'm growing? Supposing I get a surplus, what can I do with it? Value addition. So however little it may be, I have seen a young man grow butternut and you know, along the roads he was doing tania. And he became a hit, so he's basically hired everybody small piece of land because he has understood his product. Can we understand our product? Two, when you think of going organic, it means you can do integrated pest management. It means you're also reducing the use of pesticides which are not in your best interest, even health-wise. But then it means you have a niche product already. So if I can sit down and look at my neighbor and see what is the gap, because they are my first market. Before I start thinking about taking 10 kilos of Sumawiki to a market where I'm going to spend 50 more transport to go and 50 more transport to come. Well, yes, if you're doing organic and you have a good client for it, and you can be able to sell at a premium, I have no issue. But for me, my immediate market should be starting to look at those around me. It gives me experience. It helps me know how I could expand. So we need to just look at and understand what are the eating trends for whatever I want to plant. This is part one of The Female Voices. Let's meet in the next episode, part two of The Female Voices of the AgriJobs for Youth podcast series. Thanks for listening in. Please introduce and share this podcast with the youth who could benefit from this conversation so they learn about this initiative and opportunities in the agri-food sector. The hashtag still remains Kilimoni Beats. We look forward to hearing from you.